in a world where tomorrow's blockbusters reign, three millennials look back on our generation's classics, on our generation's classics, our generation's classics, and remember. Hey everyone, welcome to Millennials the Movie House, the podcast where three friends watch our generation's beloved movies of yesterday and review them from our modern adult perspective. I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Serena. And we all sound slightly roboty. <laughs> we all sound like death. <laughs> all right. And today we are talking about Girl Interrupted, 1999, written by, um, well, based on a book by Susanna Kaysen, screenplay by James Mangold, Lisa Loomer, and Anna Hamilton Phelan, directed by James Mangold, starring Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, Clea Duvall, Brittany Murphy, Elizabeth Moss, etc etc whoopi goldberg don't forget whoopi whoopi goldberg jared leto jeffrey danbor vanessa redgrave misha freaking collins right listen i had to pause (laughs) the movie right and then like was that him yeah right i was was like who's she he was just in this little one scene and it was before he was famous but i was like and he probably had one of the best scenes of the movie he totally did (laughs) oh my god or the best line yeah the best line anyway um yeah quick synopsis Serena you knew it was going you knew it was coming (laughs) this is a I'm interested to read the book you guys Um, I read the book on Sunday it's on my it's on my to-do list to read it's a very easy read everybody nice nice uh she's holding up the book in camera which you can't see (laughs) um so this is a story that um it's based it's a true story it's a memoir it's a memoir it's always like based on memories so it's like sometimes it it can be a little foggy which is how they get away with getting saying something anyway sorry go ahead yeah no no that's good I was I'm struggling to find the word I'm like (laughs) a little bit uh brain cells have died when I was coughing so it follows uh this girl and she is struggling with some some mental illness and she is kind of forcefully kind of signed into a psych ward and um you know she goes in in denial she's like well I'm not like these people and you know turns out she she does have some stuff she needed to work through she had originally gone in there for a suicide attempt right but she was playing it off like I had a headache um anyways the story follows her um interaction with the people that she meets at the psych ward, um, which by the way, can we get a quick little, I love the shout out for local, even though it was filmed in Pennsylvania or something like that. They changed the name of the hospital for the movie, but yeah, it is it's in real life. Um, local. this is a story based on truth, obviously. And in McLean's hospital, <laughs> yeah. private insurance, baby creme de la creme. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, I got off track. So, uh, you know, she spends about 18 months in this, uh, McLean's hospital and she learns about, uh, this, you know, borderline personality disorder that is, I mean, this is placed you guys in this happened in the sixties. Granted the movie was 99. Mm -hmm. Um, and the the memoir was written in 93, 93, right. I did see that online. Um, she, she's in there for 18 months. She learns about herself. She realizes, you know, she does have some things to work through. She, she ends up, there's a whole bunch of things that go on and relationships between the people there, but she gets through kind of breaks through a wall a little bit and accepts that there is an issue. She works through it in therapy and, you know, a year and a half later, she's released and, and into the world. And mm-hmm. yeah, 
oh yeah and there's a suicide in there but i mean okay so there's highs and lows but i mean it was a real the story it's a real story and um i think that there needs to be more stuff like this out there uh for the public to watch you know great synopsis so um who has seen this movie what is our exposure to it prior to this i've seen this movie once before and i want to say i was in college maybe my roommate was obsessed with Angelique Jolie, so I think I watched all of her films. I don't know. I, I think I, when, when did it come out? 99? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I was a little young, I think, maybe for it. That was... I feel like college age is the right age to watch yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's like young, it's, you know, young adult women. Yeah. It is. They're like and... late teens, maybe early 20s. Did you guys get that yeah. uh, general gist? I didn't actually go in deep dig deep on the ages but they were supposed to be all teenagers being teenagers being through 19 and but most of the actresses were in their 20s so yep you kind of you didn't get like a defined age for any of them except for Susanna um which is okay I think but they you know they for in both the book and the movie they kind of merge the themes and concepts of um coming of age with mental health and so yeah. i think college years it's a that's a great time to be exposed to yes. some of these topics mm-hmm. i've never seen this before but i knew about it um i did know about the book mm-hmm. and it came about uh probably in my high school year so somewhere between 2000 and 2004 and uh i had it on the back burner for something to read for a long time or watch, you know, I wanted to do both, which, you know, now I got one out of the way, but, um, I'm glad I did it. And it wasn't what I was expecting. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, yeah, same. I think I've watched bits and pieces of it here and there. Like, you know, there's some scenes that are very famous, like, um, the bathtub scene for whatever, like when Val throws her into the bathtub, I feel like I've seen that on commercials. Like that's like the commercial part you see. I always put the the dramatic, most dramatic things in the trailer, which we'll have to talk about after because I have things to say about the trailer. Um, And and of course, you know, I've seen snippets of Angelina Jolie doing her thing. Mm -hmm. With Um, the cherry. Yeah, that's a big scene that I've seen yeah. a million times and also problematic Se- that that's the scene that we saw yeah. also. Sex sells, mm-hmm. baby. But yeah, I've never seen the whole thing through. And then this, so today's Wednesday on Sunday, I read the book in one shot. And nice. then the awesome. next day I watched the movie. So oh. how did they compare? I was just going to say. I'm actually very pleasantly surprised with how they compare. Okay. Um, the characters they made sure they got all the main characters in there so all of these characters are based on characters from the book and as far as i can tell they were real people mm-hmm. um i know that there is some element of i don't even, even want to say unreliable narrator but as you were saying <laughs> yeah. um this is a collection of memories she she read she wrote this in 93 and this all happened in the 60s so we're talking a couple decades out yeah so but, i will say one thing before i forget that she did uh, there was mention online that she had uh pulled her records from there the, her records are 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 interspersed throughout the book okay so, so that would probably be yeah. like more but mm, to her credit though she was a writer so i'm sure she wrote yeah. a journal and had things or right you know yeah she um, there was never a moment journal. where i was like 
mm, I don't think that happened. Yeah. Like, like, so she, so first off, the, the way the book was written, it's not linear. It's kind of told in vignettes. She mm-hmm. tells you like a memory and then she talks about like, you know, her diagnosis and then she talks about a memory and then she talks. And so it's just kind of like every chapter is its own little granular thing. Um, wonderfully written because she is a writer like you could you could tell that she was she had a good confident voice and so the events that she was talking about there was never really a moment where I was like yeah no that there's no way that happened it all seemed it was believable yeah yeah absolutely the chapters where she was giving her opinion I was curious those were interesting seeing uh, someone's point of view from the inside instead of you know seeing mental health from you know, a professional, you're seeing mental health from somebody who was institutionalized from it for it in the sixties. It's yeah, right. Right. You know, and, and that's one of the major differences I did notice between the book and the movie is that the book really was very plain about the fact that you're dealing with very apathetic therapists um, in the sixties when you're, you know, when he, when she was put into, into an institution and no point did she feel like she was getting like actual support from her therapy staff. Um, whereas in the movie they glorified it like they went I really got that sense like um, that's why it didn't feel like the 60s to me Dr. Wick was like this like almost godlike therapy you know person whereas in the book it was very like she was like oh yeah Dr. Wick like you met her for three minutes a day and she didn't care what you were saying like yeah it was it, it it was interesting to see that difference and I think that a lot of that had to do with the difference in how mental health and the mental health profession is viewed um depending on what generation you're in that was actually one of my notes that I took that I remember watching it but I don't really remember much of it and I I thought that especially older movies that deal with mental health the uh, mental health professionals, the therapists are always looked in a bad light yes. because they, first off, I don't think they knew what they were doing. Right. Um, I just don't think they were trained very well or didn't understand the whole psyche or whatever. We still don't understand everything and everybody's different, but at least it's a little bit more understanding now, but you're right. And, and I should have realized that it was glorified for the movie because I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't all bad. Like she has this moment where she's like, Oh, I don't want to become Lisa. Yeah. I need to actually work for work for myself and take yes. meds and work towards getting better but I have to be an active participant in this so and she takes that it. is a fantastic message I like yeah. I wholly support that message yeah. Yeah. but you didn't really have that catharsis in the book so interesting yeah that which is, is which is that, more of the truth but yeah that's right. what pulled me out of it being the 60s like I had to keep reminding myself this placement was the 60s and I was expecting some of the state hospital horror stories of the 60s and that's why this movie kind of wasn't fully what I was expecting it to be so Winona Ryder was going through a tough time in her own life personally and her dad was a a rare book salesman Mm -hmm. I hope I got this facts right and he had and he found this book girl interrupted and he gave it to her because it resonated with him and he could see this character in her where there weren't a lot of books that had this melancholy type young woman Mm -hmm. and she really really resonated with the with the character and she like bought the rights to make this movie she did yeah she fought for this movie i think is amazing like i don't and she like handpicked people to be in this movie and she so i think other than just making it Hollywood and, and, you know, making it glamorous. 
I think it's it's the 60s and this book through Winona's eyes, who she's like, like, you know, in the 90s or something. So it's like got that her twist on it. Yeah, um, I definitely it had a 90s, a 90s sensibility set mm. in the 60s. Um, one of my favorite parts of this movie is that opening probably 10 minutes or so. She says in the therapy session that time can move backwards and forwards and now to then and back again, and you can't control it. Mm-hmm. And in those first 10 minutes or so, you see the, the transitions are just amazing. Yeah. And you see her talking in this therapy session that basically gets her sent there of her stomach being pumped of like all, like all the things leading up to it, all kind of out of order. Mm-hmm. And like, she hears something and then you switch to like the beautifully done, beautiful dialogue that got you there that understands what was yes. going on. And it was a very tightly written sequence. Absolutely. Yes. I totally agree with you on that. And I got to say, so this is an, oh, this is over two hours. This is a two hour, yeah. what, six minute movie. It was it well paced. It did it not feel, feel like that. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with you just want to keep watching these girls. I not know, only I know. <laughs> characters are beautifully fleshed out, but the actors are nailing it. They got such a lineup of actors that did their jobs. Yeah. So, I, yeah. All of the young women in Hollywood were clamoring, clamoring to yeah. be in this movie. Yep. And understandably so. Yep. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, like we were saying before, they just weren't mo- making movies like this. They, no. they right. weren't making right. movies with really in-depth characters who were dealing with very real issues. Yeah. Yep. I think this beautifully, thank you, uh, God, like movie picking God that we have. We need to name this God. <laughs> yeah. Um, a movie roulette. I think it pairs really well with, uh, but I'm a cheerleader. Yes. yes, I was because thinking the same yes. exact thing. It was a 90s movie with like a 50s, 60s motif. Mm-hmm. And this was a 60s movies with like a 90s motif. Mm-hmm. And it was like about these like outcast mm-hmm. girls yeah. and, and dealing with real life situations to a point where Clea Duvall is in both movies. I was going to say. And they're Clea both Duvall, 1999. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, wow, yeah. It yeah. Just, I, but we can see the kind of the difference between the the satire of one not the yes. satire but like you know what I mean how it's like poking fun of like look how ridiculous this is yeah. to the seriousness of this one yeah that's like this is an issue that needs to be dealt with you yes. know um yes absolutely I have a question Bets. yes um does the book at all address the title yes it does she gives a very detailed explanation of what the title is why it's called that do you want me to just explain why? Yes, why? please. Because yes. I yes. feel like, please, like please I do. read, a, I read about it a little bit. Yeah, my guess was just uh, how how she kind of her own mind frame was interrupted, and that she was the girl, and that was like kind of my guess. I'm like when she explained like how she the time does this and that, I was mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of explains the title a little bit. I I always assumed that it was that her suicide attempt was interrupted. Like she, she, oh, interesting. Oh, that's a good, that's I how think I that. thought yeah. it was, but it's, it's from other, so that's please. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, um, it comes from the title of a famous Vermeer painting called the girl interrupted at her music. So girl interrupted. So, so one of the things that she had to, you know, deal with in therapy was the fact that she had an affair with her English teacher. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the th- one of their outings, they he took her to New York and they went to see to a museum and she saw this painting. And then like years later, she went back and looked at it again and she kind of had a different perspective on it. But kind of the the idea of girl interrupted is that in her mind, being institutionalized for a year and a half interrupted her development as a teenager, as becoming an adult. Like if I, if she didn't take this year and a half out, she would have gotten through it herself or would have dealt with it or would have just been more on track with her life. She was basically interrupted with this, with this institutionalization. So, so I said my favorite part being mm -hmm. that very beginning scene like you just the whole thing the the acting the the transitions the script was great mm-hmm. any other favorite parts yes uh favorite parts it might have to be the acting overall Winona Ryder her character very much Susanna is very much just almost an audience member she's kind of seeing all the other girls and yep. their issues but I think that uh Angelina Jolie did a really good job I think um Brittany Murphy did a really good job. Yeah. Uh, and Elizabeth Moss did a really good job. Yeah. Elizabeth um, Moss from Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Did not the first time, obviously I didn't really know who Elizabeth Moss was the first time I watched it. And the second time I was, I had to do a double take. Mm-hmm. I, I, it really, well, cause she was still really young in this. Yeah. She it, was the only one who was an actual teenager. Yeah. I, I found it interesting that they, how much they decided to villainize Lisa I guess you need a villain in a movie. And I mean, villain is a strong word for this character. She is a diagnosed sociopath. I mean, what are you going to do? She's sick. But that scene in the tunnel at the end kind of took me out of the movie. I really, I don't know. It didn't feel properly placed. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I was almost waiting the entire movie for her to turn on her. You see her kind of slap on Clea. Yeah. George, yeah. George, Georgina, 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 um, slapped her and you can kind of see like Lisa's kind of running the show and like from the first interaction between Susanna and Lisa, you're like, I don't know about you guys, but I was just waiting for her to turn on her and be like, I don't like you. You're not going to be part of our club. You can't sit with us. Yeah. Well, especially but, because it was the first the time, end. the first time she enters the scene, she's screaming at Susanna yeah. about Jamie yeah like what the hell but So like, i you- think that is part of the whole that's why i think it was okay in this movie it didn't really come out of nowhere she, at one point she calls Susanna, J- uh jamie yeah yes yeah um yeah and she lost her friend and yeah. she, it was because she ran away or did whatever she did and i think it's because she, yeah she's a sociopath or whatever but she still has some feelings you know what oh, i mean yeah, like she's yeah. got you know so here she is, another friend of hers, just like Brittany Murphy's character was cured and left, you know what I mean? But not really. But this other girl did. She got mm-hmm. better and she's leaving in here, but she's seeing it as losing another friend. Yeah. yeah. So here she is. So I think she just has, she reacts this way because she's like, I am never going to get out of here. Here, I'm losing another friend. Um, and to your point of her being the villain, she calls herself this. She's like, yeah. I'm, I've made the, you know what I mean? I, I think you see her kindness when she's with the other patients. Absolutely. Yeah. So the girls are your favorite part. Serena, what about you? The relationship between Val and Susanna, mm-hmm. it was complex. 
there were some ups and downs, obviously, right? Suzanne mm-hmm. is going through a lot. You can see at the end. I mean, Val basically sheds a tear when she leaves. And, you know, she's all business. And there's a little bit of, I really like Whoopi Goldberg's. I did too. She was actually, I wrote her down as my like second, like runner up for favorite yeah, part. She, I think she w- did amazing. Well, I and was she asked if anyone won, won awards, but then I didn't know if that came up in your Tracy's fun I fact. I think Angelina Jolie did. I think everyone's acting was awesome. Really? Like everything was believable. Uh, there was a few things that I, you know, wish there was more of, but do we think that this had an impact on our generation? I'd say yes. The elder millennials. I think, yeah, I agree. I think that there was, this was definitely one of the only movies, especially for girls, for millennial women. Yeah. This was one of the few movies that had these kinds of characters dealing with these kinds of issues and that's true from a female perspective i think it's it's such a rarity that it has to be remembered and it has to be part of you know our shared history yeah that's true all right i think those are all the notes i got what's everybody watching because (laughs) um a while ago i had a conversation with a coworker, and we were talking about tv shows and how Back then, if you missed an episode, you missed it. Like there was no DVD later. There was no Netflix or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that one of my favorite TV shows, I had been trying to find a DVD of it, but like it, it was a season and like, it was like, it it would have cost more money than it would have made because nobody was going to buy this DVD set. And then honestly, I kind of forgot about it and then whatever. And she, and she goes, well, what TV show? And she immediately found it for me on Amazon Prime for 10 bucks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The show was Higher Ground, which I thought was an amazing TV show, but it only lasted a season. But it was a, what was it? The early aughts um, of coming of age, teenagers and mental illness. It really, it really focused on like, like sexual assault, bulimia, like all this other kind of like, Mm-hmm. it's not that great it was just made for tv like a, a after school special but i secretly love it and it's not that bad so if watch you it. don't secretly love it you openly love it i openly love it martini shop would you recommend this movie i'm gonna say yes i'm yeah, gonna I say would. yes i'm gonna say yes because it's it's a story of the 60s rewritten in the 93 movied in the 99 and even today in the 22 it's still it's relevant Mm -hmm. and it's important that people have this um perspective from Mm -hmm. the inside because not everyone has an immediate family member with uh these types of things some people just have no idea that this stuff is even a thing or people are out there struggling and undiagnosed for their entire life or a couple of decades or something when therapy is like the yeah. number one normalized therapy. Yeah. Normalized therapy. Exactly. Like, so I'm going to say yes, but uh, for the good of the, the public, I will also say yes. And the reason why I was hesitating is this isn't a fun movie. It's not, no it's, but it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's well acted, well scripted, well, everything, you know what I mean? Um, but it's not a good time movie, but if you mm-hmm. want a, just a decent, you know, and you mm-hmm. want that, you know, perspective, it's, it's good. I agree. 
Um, yeah, I'm also a yes. And even if you can't identify with the girls, it's still like, like Serena was saying, it's good to have a different, uh, that perspective. And there are varying perspectives in this movie. You'll get yeah. something out of it no matter yeah. what. There's one thing um, that I forgot to mention about the movie. And I don't know if you can take this and throw it back or not, but Go for it. you guys, okay. The trailer like made me think there was going to be all these like lovely scenes of like, you know, Jared Leto and like shirtless. You mean um, first edition Zac Efron? Dude, he really <laughs> looked exactly <laughs> like him. I couldn't even believe it. I was I, dying. I had this moment, like my brain couldn't I compute thought it was and I was him. like, is that sacrifice? It's 1999. What is happening? His eyes I, I were just that. shocking. All right, guys, are we ready for are next you movie? Ready? All right, I'm 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 sending you strong vibes for movies that I already know I want to watch. Sister Act, Sister Act, Toy Story. Yay! <laughs> and I've seen that one. That's an easy, fun watch. I've okay. seen that a hundred times. Is that our first Disney movie? Pixar. It's our first I love- Pixar. I love Pixar. Pixar. Sorry, Pixar. Yeah, and you know what? Cool. I think we were avoiding the only Disney one we watched was Black Cauldron, I think. And a DCOM, but that oh. doesn't count. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can find more great episodes over on our website, www.millennialsofthemoviehouse.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Curious about updates, extras from our episodes, or want to add your two cents about a reviewed movie? We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle for both is at the movie Millies. Check us out and make sure to follow us. So until next time. We're millennials. And we'll see you at the movie house.